Oh. Hold, please. Holding. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. In this 2019. Is old this is new this dad. Is old dad. And we are doing our first podcast in 2019. Woo, made through it. Anchor, through Anchor FM. And we're getting really good at this. It does uh, no dropping or anything of that nature. So. Uh, so tell me about your 2019. How much time do we have, do you think? 15 minutes, 20 max? Probably, yeah. That's fair. Okay. So tell me about your 2019 so far. What? Uh, it's been hectic and crazy. Uh, not a lot of childcare. Owen was sick. Lindsay went to the ER. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little bananas. Welcome to your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, let's see. I went to the my first uh, orthopedic doctor in 2019 for my knee, my left knee. I... I'm getting old. Apparently, they took X-rays of my knees and showed how I'm just wearing them out. And he said, "But I'm young." This is a young doctor. I'm 55. He goes, "But you're young." I'm like, "Okay, doc, say whatever you want. Just give me the bad news." <laughs> <laughs> there is no bad. Got a cortisone shot, and that's it. No surgery. No need for surgery. No nothing. And but he said something interesting. He says, "For every pound that you lose, you." relieve your knee of eight pounds of pressure mm, interesting well if I lose five pounds I will lose, relieve 40 pounds of pressure on my knees it kind of makes That's sense what the, if, if you think about it when you're uh, like standing or sitting you're, the weight is all the way back at your hip and your knee and so uh, what is it torque is a function of distance and the amount of force so mm-hmm. depending on the length basically the length of your um thigh bone uh, times you know whatever poundage that's the amount of torque being applied as your knee he says i have huge quads i'm like you're not kidding <laughs> <laughs> he says my legs my my quads are gonna have to be super strong when i'm in my 70s so that i so when my knees do get worn out the, the way they do it won't be so bad you know so i thought that was interesting but yeah. you know i i've had problems with my knees in the past but never to the point where i needed to go to a doctor and, and but you know he was young he was probably in his 30s so that was good wow. so that was me that was me and so everything's good so have you been listening to any rush yeah i have um when i am working i'm depending on what i'm doing i put uh, the Pure Rush playlist on in the background. Hmm. Pure Rush. Yeah. What's the first song on Pure Rush? Uh, well, I mean, it's in it's in order. So uh, I, I basically copied in all the albums in order. So like literally at the top of the list is Finding My Way, right? <laughs> wow, that's true. My gosh, that's crazy. And then I, so, I just put it on random. I, I, I always have a go-to song if we're ever going to do lyrics against lyrics, you know, I do have a go-to song I thought of from the way over from when I spoke to you last to, to now I've got a song in my head. So is it, is it the same one that you did your little report on in school? You said to dork. No, it's not. <laughs> Although that would have been a good guess, but the report, what I did was I found a penny. Uh, and 
Uh, no, it's uh, not that song. Farewell to Kings is a great song, by the way, I'll have you know, but it's, uh, I'd have to read up on it and see what they, what they really say, because it's fascinating when you, what I think the lyrics are about and what it means to me, and then when you start reading about song meanings and then blogs and all these different things about Rush and that song, I'm like, and then what Getty and Alex and Neil say about it, I'm like, ew, you know, that kind of thing, you know, you're like, you're way off base. Yeah. Okay. So do you want me to try and guess your song? Yeah. Hell yeah. Try and guess it before I talk about it. Um, okay. Can, can we, can I ask just a couple of questions? Like, is it, so was it a seventies or eighties song? Ooh, that's a great question. I would have to say it's a seventies song. Okay. Um, because 1980 was moving pictures. Yeah, well, and permanent <laughs> waves. Permanent waves is in 79. Not according to the rush.com slash albums that you're staring at right now. <laughs> so, so that Heather, don't you want to sit here and listen to us talk about Rush? She's checking her no. Does that All right. Just... What? Does that change your answer? Is it still in the 70s? It's still in the 70s. Okay. Um. Oh, oh Heather, right there. That's brighter. Go ahead, Taylor. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So I'm just thinking of all the the options. Um, so here's here's a good a good guess. Well, so I've I've got two guesses. My first guess would be Cinderella Man. That's not it. But good 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 try. Okay. Um, my second guess might be Circumstances. That's another great guess, but no. What would be Circumstances? Da 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 da. I don't know French. <laughs> um, There's your two guesses. So you said yours is off Clockwork Angels? Yeah. Is it the records? No. Is it. Hold on. Hold on. Is it. Uh, is it Clockwork Angels? No. Oh, shoot. I feel like it should be obvious if you've listened to this podcast at all. Oh, the garden. Yeah. Puked. Is it the garden? (laughs) Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, It's funny. Just by the fact you're doing the garden, I should be doing 2112, but I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, one more guess for my song. It's not on the first. It the first four albums is not on the first four albums. Not on the first four albums. Not on the first four albums. Uh, are you, is it closer to the heart? Okay, smart like is that that's the fifth album, right? But that's right. not it. Set on the first five albums. <laughs> so it is on hemispheres. It's correct. It's on hemispheres. The trees. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is my go-to song every time. That's Love this song. That's very interesting. Why? What made you pick that? Well, because what you know, because they, they talk about the uh, the oaks are just too lofty and they grab up all the light the maples can't what happy i don't know all the lyrics but 
Why can't they be happy in their shade? It's just, it's so many different variations of interpretations based on how old you are and when you're listening to it and what are you dealing with in your, in your life at that point? Because that could be a condo association fighting over the bylaws, okay? <laughs> it could be, you know, the Toronto government and suppression of their, of their people. It could be your neighbor being a douchebag and having big trees uh, covering your your yard, and it's it's wilting because the sun can't get to any of its plants, you know. So it's just it's about so many different things. It isn't just about what Rush says it's about, you know what I'm saying? In the lyrics, it's I, just, I think. Uh, I think I remember Neil saying when that he wrote that song that he just thought it would be funny if trees were arguing. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. He says it didn't really mean anything, but. I love the fact that um, the, at the end of the song, it's like they're they're basically regulated by a or a, a union called Hatchet Axe and Saw. I'm like, just cut all the bastards down. Let's let's just cut it all down. So that's what that's why I like that song so much. I'd have to pull the lyrics up, I suppose. If you go to rush.com/album/hemispheres, it's easily available. You know what? Hold on. Let me let me walk over to the computer and do that. Real quick, wow. old man getting off of a couch. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that you went with a, a song that means a lot of things, and I went with a song that is very clear in its meaning. I think. I don't think it is. What? I don't think your song is. No way, it's not clear in its meaning. I mean, your song has many different interpretations based on your age you can tell me okay let me ask you a question when you heard the song for the first time when you're reading the lyrics in front of the fireplace and boohooing your eyes out does it mean the same thing that it does today when you or with the day you were getting married with Lindsay? tell me that can't possibly mean the same thing well i think it does i think it it, it like it the main thrust of the song is about like what is important in life okay you can own life or you can map it onto like the fictional character that the story is about but it's it's pretty clear so let me read you this so it actually on the website there is a little blurb i think from neil about the song so i'm going to read this to you long ago i read a story from another timeline about a character named candide he also survived a harrowing series of misadventures and tragedies then settled on a farm near constantinople listening to a philosophical rant candide replied that is all very well but now we must tend our garden I've now arrived at that point in my own story. There is a metaphorical garden in the acts and attitudes of a person's life, and the treasures of that garden are love and respect. I've come to realize that the gathering of love and respect from others and for myself has been the real quest of my life. Now we must tend our garden. I read that. I, read, I had that. I listened to that because I, I got the book on uh, on uh, Audible. So yes, tending to your garden. What does that mean? That means just curating and focusing on the, the things that you love and appreciate and that you find valuable in your life. Uh, All right. What page am I going on? Uh, if you just go slash albums, and then you can find your album. Rush dot, okay, rush.com dot, rush dot slash albums? Yeah. <laughs> A-L-B-U. Okay, so, so let's now. break it down. Shut up. Let's break it down here. Okay, I'm gonna go to discography. Yeah. Okay, fourteen platinum albums. That's amazing. Three multi-platinum. Let's talk about your garden, okay? Okay. 
Name some of the plants in your garden. Some of the plants in my garden? Uh, yeah. Mostly people. I mean, Lindsay and... Uh, go on. What else? Well, it's it's like it's like concentric circles. You have like your immediate family. I mean, family is like a huge part of the garden, right? And then there's um, kind of your your uh, how do I say this? Your um, English. the project of yourself, like your own person, is is part of the garden of taking care of yourself, of making you the person who you want to be that earns love and respect from other people. Um, That's true. It, it's it's. From my perspective, it's it's about relationships. It's about other people. Um, there are things that you can do. What about your job? Is your job in there? It's on one of the outer rings, yeah. But the work that I do has impact on people and other people's lives, and I want that to, uh, you know, increase, well, like increase love and respect in the world for myself and brothers. I guess it sounds stupid when you say it, but you know what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. at. I think. I kind of sort of know what you guys. What's your favorite line of that whole song? Favorite line of that whole song. Um, that's a really good okay. question. Uh, just tell, just throw something out there that uh, I think <clears throat> in the top in the top five in the in the second the next to last um, stanza. That's uh, in the fullness of time. It's the only return that you expect. Um, Where does it say that? It's the the next. It's like the oh, next to last. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, at the end of your life, um, you're not going to take any of your treasures with you, and the things that you're going to find most. Like, if you die a poor person, if if you have love and respect, um, you can probably die fairly happy, as opposed to somebody who's very wealthy but very lonely. That's fair. Interesting. What does he mean by, I wonder, the arrows flies while you breathe, the hours tick away, the cells tick away. I know what he mean by is the cells tick away. I thought that's fascinating that he actually puts it in like that. The arrow flies while you breathe. Are, are we the arrow? It's it, No, time is. It's the arrow of time. Oh. Yeah. The hours tick away. The cells tick away. The watchmaker has time up his sleeve. What does that mean? Does that mean that he'll, he'll find more time for us if we do better things? Like tending your let's say t- part of tending your guarding is taking care of your body, making yeah. sure you're eating right, and exercising right. Does that mean that the watchmaker has time up his sleeve, meaning he can either give it away or take it away? Give it or take? That's possible. So I would argue. One interpretation is that there, the watchmaker's time up his sleeve means there is never an end to how much, like time never stops. You never get to pause. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, how many times have you driven down the interstate and you see a hearse and a bunch of cars behind it and you just kind of like pause for a minute, but then once they're gone in three minutes, you've already forgotten about that hearse and you're moving on to whatever the heck you're going to. That's, I find yeah. it very apropos. And, and the realization that like, when you die, the world moves on and continues on, and it has moved on for you know a long time. Yeah. So that's this one interpretation. Yeah. The other interpretation I think is like in the book, the watchmaker um, was like literally controlling time in that universe or something, and, and he had more control over it. But it's still 
it still beat on incessantly. It's an interesting book. Like you said, it's not spectacular, but it's an interesting story. Yeah. Did you, have you listened to all of it? No, I'm halfway through it. So I'm still going to go back and do you catch the, do you catch the rush lyrics sprinkled throughout? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely catch that stuff. It's, it's like, I like it, but it's also kind of annoying. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Songs days gone bad past like that. The future disappears into memory with only a moment between forever dwells in that moment. Hope is what remains to be seen us. Is that supposed to be, uh, I don't know, like the parting gift, so to speak, the parting words of, of, uh, of the prophet. The future disappears in the memory. The future disappears in the memory. What does that even mean? Um, I think what that means is that as time passes the future becomes the premise the present the present becomes the past becomes memory um and eventually that memory disappears completely once everyone that has remembered it dies right and, and, the, moment, in and the moment between is arguably life like before you were born and after you die there's a lot of time and you're only alive for a very brief moment uh on a like universal scale uh you think hope hope could be your offspring or your your the children you've had? I mean, you don't die if your kids remember you. Very true. You know, or you know, isn't or that you, why people keep things? Yeah, or if you create something of enough value or of historical significance that then you're not forgotten. Like we still talk about, you know, Julius Caesar and Napoleon, Genghis Khan, and Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. Very odd choice, but yes. Yeah, it's because his statue is, you know, it destroyed that. And where's that memory? So where'd it go? It's still in the books. I'm just saying. Well, we could talk about today Martin 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 King Luther Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Martin MLK Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here's a guy who left his legacy. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Does mm-hmm. this song apply to him? Uh, a I mean, I don't know about his life. Well, I think it, I, I mean, it could, I could twist it around. However, um, I, I think it depends on your perspective. So like what was important for him as an individual and I don't I mean I don't know that he would necessarily agree that love and respect is like the measure of a life necessarily um so I, I don't know that it's I wouldn't go so far as to say like this is a universal truth for everybody but it's feels pretty close um and so so for him if he had the chance to look back in his life before he's assassinated you know did he tend his garden well? Did he fight for the things he believed in and, um, you know, put more love and respect out in the world? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. And he has left a legacy. You know, now now he can't control how that legacy is, you know, dealt out to the new generations, but he did the best he could with what he had. You know, I yeah. get that. You make a good point that this song doesn't necessarily apply to everyone or everyone may not say that this song applies to them. 
because the circumstances are different depending on who you are. But it applies right. to you. I mean, the song applies to you. I guess that's what matters. Yeah. And I, and I think... So... I, I was going to say, I think your garden can be more... It can be love and respect. It can be other things, too. But I, I think it'd be hard to argue that love and respect are what a, a lot of people are looking for. I think forgiveness should be in there, too. I think I always thought forgiveness should be part of everything. Yeah. It's hard to love if you don't forgive. Well, and that's so earlier in the song, the measure of life is measure of love and respect. So hard to earn, so easily burned. Um, and it's, you're right, forgiveness is a part of earning that love and respect back. I agree with that. It's a, it's a great song. It is really a really good song. I don't know that, I don't know if there's any other Rush song out there that, that has the same, I don't know, it's, such, it's got brevity and it's got depth. I don't know if there's a rush song that does that. Not to the extent. I mean, losing it's pretty good, but losing it is the other one. Is, this, has, this has more hope. This this the, this song has more hope to it. Losing it, not not so much. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, oh, no, 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 limelight, not limelight. Um, free will. That's a, that's the free will is a thinking song, but it's again not necessarily a uh, something that you can philosophically. Um, just ponder upon over time. Although free will does come and go as it pleases. No pun intended. (laughs) So for me, when I think about like emotional songs, I think about Neil having lost his wife and daughter and then Vapor Trails being the album right after that. I feel like Out of the Cradle maybe could be... That's a good song. And in terms of like gravitas and depth um perhaps ghost ghost rider is a little depressing but well ghost riders if you listen to it it's literally about the book i mean ghost rider is a lot like marathon marathon's a great movie great movie, great song and i think ghost rider has it's about the book because you think about it go right east and west north and south that's what he did yeah you know you know um Oh, you don't have to think about that. Songs that have, you just say, gravitas. I think that'd be interesting. Secret Touch is, is pretty good lyrically. I fucking hate that song. They play it in every stupid concert. I'm not a big fan of Secret Touch. <laughs> not a fan. You know, if we go lyrically toe-to-toe, your song is going to be just about every song, rush song out there, except for maybe Free Will. Or maybe uh, natural science, because of the volume of the lyrics and how it, it, the, the natural science is a pretty damn good song. Um, but the garden has a lot to say, and you got to read through it, and you got to interpret it. And you do that with the Feral to Kings too, but I mean, they, they, Rush didn't always do that. I'm all, I take that back because all their songs has meaning, but some have superior depth. You know what I'm saying? And I think the garden has a superior depth to it. You could even quote some Bible shit in there, which I will not do. That's out of respect for my younger, youngest, <laughs> not youngest. Was it? I'm an elder, so I don't know what you are. Um, I'm a, I don't know, youngling, punk, <laughs> youngling. That's a youngling. <laughs> youngin. Hey, youngin. Hey, I, got, I went to my, I, I went to a barber shop. I went to a barber shop for the first time ever. Like a, like a like a barbershop like in the movie barbershop. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta send you a picture of what he did to my mustache. I gotta, I gotta send you a 
<laughs> but I mean, the guy was using a straight razor. I'm like, that's awesome. He's just, he says, the lines are cleaner. I'm like, no doubt they're cleaner. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever go back to super, super cuts. And he only charged me 25 bucks. The guy was on me for like an hour. And they charged Dang. me 25 bucks. So I, I gave him a 20, uh, $15 tip, I think. Yeah. Nice. No. All yeah, because right. he deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. We're getting off track from the, the podcast. So what are we what are we gonna talk about next time? Wait, we didn't talk about the trees. Oh, I thought we did. My bad. <laughs> there is unrest in the forest. There is trouble with the trees, for the maples want more sunlight, and the oaks ignore their pleas. So let's apply this to the wall. Do you want to do you want to talk politics for a second? Oh god. <laughs> There is trouble in the forest, and all the creatures have fled. Those would be the Democrats, and they fled to Puerto Rico. As the maples scream, oppression, and the oaks just shake their head. (laughs) (laughs) Help, help, I'm being oppressed. Was that from from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Help, help, I'm being oppressed. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? (laughs) That's hilarious. I, I finished watching that this morning believe it or not <laughs> no way help help i'm being re- oh i'm being repressed i've i've seen it before Bloody peasant. oh did you see that you see that you see what he just did there <laughs> women coming up out of the lake is not a way to pick a leader or something <laughs> some watery tart throwing a scimitar is not you know it's like the moves actually hilarious like some moistened bink handed me a <laughs> oh god that's hilarious okay so oh it's interesting I wonder what Russia's or Neil's thoughts on like unions actually are so the Maples formed a union and demanded equal rights uh well, what's an e- are they have unions in Toronto well I'm sure they do the oaks are just too greedy. We will make them give us light. That's that's got to be the greatest line in that whole song. It's like, oh, oh, you're you're not gonna give us what we want. We'll make you give us what we want. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I will protect the million immigrants that I have sent back to Mexico if you let me build a wall to keep them out, or AKA keep you in. <laughs> it's like no. And the trees are all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. That's the way. Oh, they passed a noble, a noble law. They passed a noble law. Now there's no more oak oppression. That's hilarious. It's a hilarious like song. Wielding an axe, which is pretty funny. Where does he say that? Well, they're all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. Who's who's wielding yeah. those tools? That's a great question because it's definitely not the maples. And it's definitely not the Oaks. It's probably the people that were brought in. Like, did you know back in the olden days, Miami-Dade County used to be called Dade County? And what happened was Dade, that's your book, Dade County could not figure out their finances. So the state sent down people to oversee Dade County and realized that there was impropriety going on. So they renamed it Miami-Dade County. And literally, they had to just literally give all the receipts to this these people to watch their shit to make sure they weren't overspending or people weren't showing up with golden uh, sinks and faucets. You know, there was a there was a 
a superintendent of floor of uh, Dade County Schools that had a uh, gold plumbing, gold sinks, gold toilets. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So crazy. when you talk about the who's wielding the hatchets, it's the overseers. It's the watchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's the enforcer. So. It is the enforcer. And the question is, who's the enforcer? Usually those who didn't, they thought they were the enforcer and they had no idea that someone was going to come in and enforce for them. So that's always sad. But next week, let's talk about what? Um, good question. We can switch it up. We don't have to talk about Rush. <gasps> let's talk about life. Let's talk about... What, what about life? Careers? Sure. Let's talk about careers. Why? When did you decide, like, middle school, high school, college, when did you realize this was the path you wanted to go on and how you got there and vice versa? I've had 32 jobs. How many have you had? Not that many. (laughs) (laughs) I won't run down them all because we have only 15, 20 minutes, but let's talk about careers next week. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Perfect. All right, man. This is Old Dad. This is New Dad. And this is our podcast. If you love what you're listening to, please share this information with others. We do this every once in a while. That's so awesome. And <laughs> that's consistent. Um, and we love for you to listen to us. And yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks. Toodles. Bye. Bye.